Welcome to Femtech Focus with Dr. Brittany Barreto, exploring the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. Welcome to the Femtech Focus podcast, where we have meaningful and provocative conversations with femtech experts. These academics, doctors, and innovators tell us about the past, present, and future of women's health and wellness. I'm your host, Dr. Brittany Barreto, and today's episode, I interview our advisor, Dr. Faz Bashi, one of the lead investors at the Portfolia Femtech Fund. Portfolia is a collection of funds that invest in different sectors. It's super unique because it's an avenue for women to learn how to invest. And one of their investment funds was specifically for Femtech, Women's Health and Wellness. And Foz was an active angel investor. He still is. But at the time, he was very active investing already in Femtech before it was even popular. And he was asked by Trish Costello, the CEO and founder of Portfolia, to be on the board and help lead the investments for the Femtech fund at Portfolia. We speak about the investments that Portfolia made in different femtech companies, what are femtech investors looking for in companies, and the importance of your network. Foz also reveals that the best way to get investors into femtech is through FOMO, fear of missing out. We need to shout out our femtech exits from the rooftops, and we need to instigate FOMO, and that money will then come. We reveal on this episode that Femtech Focus is launching an investor relations service to help Femtech founders fundraise. We are also gearing up to launch a virtual accelerator. It's a program that will prepare Femtech founders to fundraise. So definitely check out our website, www.femtechfocus.org, and follow us on social for more information about that. And as I said Foz is one of our advisors, and we are so proud to have him on the team. Enjoy the interview. Foz, welcome to the show. Hey, Brittany. How are you? I am doing amazing talking to you. You have this super cool virtual background right now with dogs in the shape of a heart, and I am loving it so much. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. And and I love animals, so I just thought, why not? Let them join the conversation. Oh, my God. We're kind of the same person, but also super different. But we both like believe in the uterus and dogs, and it's just like, that's all I need yeah, in a friend, really. <laughs> I believe in both. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, uh, Foz, you have always been giving such good advice and direction to Femtech Focus. And so I'm really excited to have you on the show today. First, because as we always say, that Femtech should be cared about by not just women, but by all genders, because women's health affects all genders, right? They Women don't just birth women. <laughs> right, we birth baby boys too, right? And and so I, I hear that's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I read a BuzzFeed article once. Yeah, I think that's true, right? Um, <laughs> but oh. also, um, so the fact that you you know you're a man on our show, like talking about women's health, how important it is to you. I'm really excited. You're uh, our first like real femtech investor on the show. So I I definitely we're gonna jump into like what is your story behind that and um you know how do we get more investment in here because so many episodes we have had founders saying we need more capital so this is going to be a great conversation 
I, I agree. And yes. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you for including me. Let's start with your background. Where are you from? You know, what did you study and, and how did yeah. you end up in femtech? So, so my background is uh, I'm a physician and I always say, but, <laughs> but I'm actually a scientist first. Um, so uh, microbiology, immunology, virology, uh, I spent a good amount of my time just uh, being inquisitive, using the scientific method to pursue asking a question, finding an answer, asking more questions and going forward. Uh, rinse, lather, repeat, whatever that whole shampoo thing is, right? I don't have hair. I don't know if you've noticed. So I don't, <laughs> I don't have to worry about the hair stuff. Um, but, you know, uh, science and medicine has always been kind of my, my focal point in life. And I decided to really channel my energy uh, into underserved populations and marginalized communities. So I worked uh, in healthcare systems focused on those populations and figuring out how to do things faster, better, cheaper in my mind meant that, you know, that would translate. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that county-based medicine, FQHCs, VA, they're all extremely innovative. They have to be because their budgets are so tight. They spend money, they get subsidized by taxpayer dollars, but, um, but they really do have to be innovative on how to stretch their dollars. And I got involved in uh, a number of technology-based programs, including taking uh, an entire hospital system from paper to electronic medical records. And then I was involved with telemedicine. And then slowly what happened was some of my friends who were already angel investors said, why don't you become an angel? Um, and I said, I don't know anything about venture capital or angels. <laughs> it's such a mystery to me. And they said, don't worry, we'll teach you. And, and that was true to their word. So I spent four years just learning about angel investing, venture capital, yeah. taking the and then using my scientific method to kind of decipher mm -hmm. all the mystery. There's so much mystery around what investing is and mm -hmm. what do people look for. And I decided that because I'd also had entrepreneurial experiences where I really didn't understand the process, I decided that I was going to demystify it for others. As I learned, I would tell you, this is the reality of what's going on. I love it. Pause. This is why we're like soulmates. I'm like, you studied right. microbiology too. I love microbes. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> you treat entrepreneurship like a pilot experiment. Me too. Like we, exactly. <laughs> there awesome. you go. That's why we resonate. Yeah. With and real quickly yeah. for our listeners, um, just for anyone who doesn't know what angel investing is versus venture capital an angel investor is an individual that has enough money in their own bank account that they can take higher risk, essentially, quote unquote, bets. And so an angel investor is one individual who can write a startup a check and invest in them as an individual. But a VC That's is a firm that fundraises from bigger pots of money and they have their own pot of money, let's say on average $100 million or something, right? And then they can distribute money from that into different startups. So that's just the two... We have some a uh, lot of healthcare people on here who may not know what we talk about when we say angels. Yeah, and and the key differentiator is OPM is what VCs use, which is other people's money. <laughs> yeah, and angels invest out of their own checkbook. Yes, yeah. The you said checkbook. That is cute. Maybe we're not soulmates. <laughs> I don't know the checkbook. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> routing number, routing number, and ACH numbers correct. And like, Zelle. Yeah, Venmo. You mean Venmo, right? <laughs> exactly. Cool. So you get into. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say, what's, what is a checkbook? You're right. Yeah. I, actually, I don't use either it's like yeah um so you get you learn about uh angel investing you're using the scientific method on you know this new industry what happens next yeah so um so you know again i i i've decided my focus all my portfolio companies are um are revolving around healthcare and life sciences and i wanted to make a difference in the space and i wanted to make sure that whoever was the company that I wanted to be involved with. So my MO, my modus operandi is I'm an investor who likes to roll up their sleeve. Mm -hmm. I like to be involved. And if I, if I get in uh, and I can make a difference and be an advisor, I will. And mm -hmm. a lot of times it comes from just a relationship that starts. So I always say that, you know, this business that we're both in is RFT. It's relationships, friendship, and trust. Mm -hmm. So the group that I'm involved with, which is, called Life Science Angels in San Francisco. That's the angel group. The other group is Portfolio Femtech Fund and a couple of other ones as well. But those groups, I have relationships, I have friendships, and I have trust in the people who are making key decisions. And so I wanted to make sure that if I help an entrepreneur, I have that basis at least. And then I can be an advisor if they want, to, want me to be. I can be a board member. I've had many offers to be a board member. But believe it or not, over the past 10 years, I've only really decided that there's one company where I can add the greatest value. And then the rest is like, how do we succeed together? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I love it. So are you, at this point, are you just totally out of medicine and you're just in the investing world? I'm just in the investing world. Oh, we loved enough, it. Enough, <laughs> enough to keep me pretty busy. So you already mentioned that I, I, I also mentioned that I'm, you know, I'm, a lead venture investor for Portfolio's Femtech Fund. I'm an active member of Life Science Angels. Um, I'm also an entrepreneur. So in addition to human health and uh, and life sciences, I'm which to me human health includes men and women. By the mm -hmm. way, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm also very actively involved now on on the other side of it, which is you know one health uh, revolving around animals and pets and things that, um, that go into our ecosystem. My mom's going to love this episode. We pretty much 90% cool. of my conversations with my mother, it revolves around dogs. So she's really going to like you. Um, Very good. <laughs> <laughs> um, at what point did you hear about femtech? So, so again, um, I, I don't parse human health into there's women's health. Oh, yep. Got I it. don't, I don't, that's not my perspective. My perspective is, Human. you know, and I also teach, I teach. So I, I've taught anatomy and physiology for non-scientists. I've done a lot of stuff in terms of lecturing. And so my perspective on things is this, this whole area known as health, mm -hmm. human or animal or otherwise, yes. or microbiology, doesn't matter. <laughs> did you know, did you know microbes have their own adaptive immune system? How cool is that? I right. Know. They can fight off viruses too. That's where we got CRISPR from, uh -huh. by the way. So microbes, a lot of people don't know that. But um, Femtech, to me, um, uh, really, uh, I would say the basis of my intro into that world has a lot to do with one portfolio company that happened to also become extremely successful in April of 2018, had a nice exit to Boston Scientific uh, for $275 million. And then I'll go down the checklist really quickly, Brittany. I mean, first-time entrepreneur, female. Uh, she was 26 years old at the time, and I'm going to say her name, Serbi Sarna. Phenomenal, 
phenomenal human being. The company is called Envision Medical. She had women's health issues for half of her her life, her adult life, and she decided there has to be another way for imaging and for diagnostics for reproductive health. And so she invented the world's smallest CMOS camera that travels up your fallopian tubes, takes pictures, um, travels on saline, so it has a jet stream of saline. As the cells are dislodged, she takes them back, puts them on a disc, early stage ovarian cancer testing. So in six years, she managed to cross the finish line uh, like a rock star. Mm. And um, and then that created, I think, uh, uh, a sense of, I think, a lot of motivation for people to want to get into Femtech. But at the time, I happened to just be very fortunate that I have a very rich network of friends. Uh, it's an important element of entrepreneurship to have friends and a network. Um, but mine included Trish Costello. So Trish and I were on the board of ACA, Angel Capital Association, and Trish was starting up the Femtech Fund, and she was looking for five lead venture investors. And she asked me, she said, Faz, would you be willing to be one of the leads? I said, I'd be honored. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> and and her goal was to create new women angel investors over the next three to four years. A hundred thousand. And I said, count me in. I, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the story. I love it. And so any listeners, um, if you are a first time founder, if you are a female founder, if you are in your 20s, if you are, you know, not maybe your name isn't Hannah, right? Like, it's okay. Look at the story of an incredible exit of, you know, over $200 million exit in six years and likely literally saved lives. I don't know how many, right? But like, literally, probably hundreds of thousands of women's lives by creating this technology to, to identify ovarian cancer. And that's, you know, I love stories like this and I love um, having these dialogues because I want our listeners found founding company, like being an entrepreneur, it's hard. It's so hard. And sometimes you just need those little bite, you know, sound bites of like, Oh yeah, I think I can do this. Hell yeah, I can do this. So like take this to the bank y'all you can do it. You can do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. You. Yes. You can do it. And and I want to just give Serby huge um, compliments because she knew how to build a company. Mm. She knew how. I don't know how. She just knew. She had. She just wanted to do this. So she had an awesome board of directors. I didn't have to be a full time advisor, but I have. I have been. She, she and I have become friends over time. She kept my phone number. I helped her raise some a good amount of money mm-hmm. uh, beyond what she needed. And she was nice to include many people in my group. I have to admit, a lot of people were hesitant because of the reasons I mentioned. First time entrepreneur, yeah, yeah. solo entrepreneur. She ran the company on her own for three years with consultants uh, on board. Wow. Such an amazing job. Yeah. And she stayed in touch. Even to this day, we're still in touch. So it mm. took it took a a um, a village of people right. who didn't want to you know be superstars. They just wanted to help, yeah. and she was willing. The five most important words in life, Brittany, that make up a sentence. And I always ask entrepreneurs, what are the five most important words in life that make up a sentence? It's can you please help me? And and so she was very good about just asking for help when she needed it, not for everything, but when she needed it. Oh my gosh, what an inspiring story! So you start mm-hmm. to work for, um, or you're like a lead investor in Portfolio Femtech Fund. 
what was that experience like? You know, you go from human health, right, to a group that's just focusing on women's health. Um, what tell us about that experience? So again, to me, it was no different. <laughs> I found I, I I'm going to say this, and I've said this publicly before. Also, I found my tribe. Yeah. I, so I'm I was the own I am still the only lead venture investor any of the portfolio funds that's a guy and we do have men who are lps and i'm one of the lps in the fund as well we do have men who are lps but i'm the only lead venture investor i don't feel out of place i feel and and everyone is very kind i mean they don't look at me like i'm some strange being i i i it's an entirely amazing group of people who are dedicated to finding good deals to build a portfolio for our members, our LPs. It's inclusive. It's transparent. We want people to understand why we, the lead investors, are looking at deals from a certain perspective, what the issues are, what the opportunities are. And so we built a portfolio of just amazing companies from seed all the way to, believe it or not, Series C. Wow. So as a young fund, we were able to get into some pretty amazing venture-led deals because the entrepreneurs saw Portfolia, the Femtech Fund, saw it as a just a stellar group of people who are advocating for what they're doing. Amazing. Yeah, you know, I've noticed uh, in the Femtech community that we're not as... Um, we don't hate on men as much as sometimes when I go to just female founder things when they're just like, men are keeping us down and, uh, you know, I feel like the femtech, and this is just my opinion, right? Y'all, Brittany Barreto's opinion here, that the femtech community, when we gather, we do comment on, well, men don't understand this. And so it's hard for them to really grasp why this is still not fixed or that women actually do suffer from this. But I, I do have a sense of like, it's not as angry and there, and I'm excited about that because I don't believe, you know, being just like, angry and blaming and shaming it that doesn't create change it's about education no. and being enlightened oh you didn't know that we we don't use one tampon for our whole period no problem like let me tell, right, let you, me tell you you know like no problem you know like <laughs> I, agree. I agree with you Brittany I, I so I have not experienced that um but I also don't come in with my I don't come in with a judgment either mm-hmm. of 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 the of the group of people, I I come in with the perspective of I want to find amazing women entrepreneurs who are about to do something incredible in healthcare. And mm. one of the challenges I think is this: um, the VC industry is picking solutions, picking startups that meets their own limited perspective of what women's health is yeah. and wellness. Right. Yeah. So we saw so many UTI deals, urinary tract. Infections. Yeah. We saw so many things that were pregnancy related and, and all of these things, which is fine. You know, and that, again, there's a place for that, but there were just so many. So whenever you tell people that's what you're looking for and that's what you're investing in, then the entire ecosystem chases after that. Mm-hmm. My preference would be, and I have tried to do this on my own with webinars or podcasts, is I want to see things that are going after some of the other areas, endometriosis, pelvic pain, uh, pain in general. Uh, women's heart issues are different than men's heart issues. There is, there's definitely that. The signs and symptoms of a heart attack for women are different. So uh, behavioral, mental health uh, solutions that really do tailor to what women are looking for. 
And then on, on, on the other side of the spectrum are all of the sexual and reproductive health matters that women um, have, um, have, have focused on what the solutions should look like. And men don't always know what those solutions are. Yeah. So, so again, I would rather see those kinds of things coming into the into the marketplace. And let me touch on something that you asked earlier about where are all the investors? They're out there. And here's the challenge, right? The challenge is it's not all aggregated into just one fund. And mm-hmm. and also you don't really want everyone in one place, but you need to broaden your network, mm-hmm. right? So how do you mm-hmm. broaden your network so you find you know, Brittany, you're a node. You know lots of people in your region and perhaps outside of your region. Mm-hmm. I'm a node. There are several major nodes across the country, and many of our partners are in that same spot. So if somebody contacts me or you, we will then try to help by broadcasting out into our network, That's right. right? So, But ideally, entrepreneurs should also build their network before they need it. Mm-hmm. There are people out there who want to make these investments. But at the same time, the responsibility of the entrepreneur is present to me not only a technology, not only a marketplace, but present to me a real business that I can wrap my arms around. And if if you don't know that you have a real business, ask, how do I, how do I turn this into a real business? Yeah, that's right. No, I, I love it. I, um, (laughs) I guess because I have a previous startup that did close, I I've been burnt. I've lived through it. I'm a real entrepreneur with a, you know, a, experience here. And so there's a lot of femtech organizations that are also nonprofits and they've been functioning for two, three years. And the people that are running it are still working another full-time job. And I think because the past year working as a venture capitalist, I always am looking at business models because you're right. That's a like, as an investor, I look for how big is the market? Um, are you the right person to do this? what are your unit economics? How do you make money? Right. Cause you making money increases my investment in your, your company. Right. And so as soon as I started femtech focus, maybe six months ago, I was like, we need to make money. <laughs> you know, like how are you going to make money y'all? <laughs> That's fantastic. Brittany. And that, see, there's the value of all of the experience that you've had and you just use, I'm so glad you said it. You know, I, I, I agree with you. And actually, as a as a nonprofit leader, mm. one of the best nonprofit characteristics in, in a leader is being able to understand that you need to drive it like a like a business. Mm-hmm. Even so, nonprofit has legal ramifications on where the profit goes and how you report to all the different agencies. But you should run it as a business, yeah. right? Where yeah. does the money come from? And oh, how yeah. do Where's the money? <laughs> um, this. This is super awesome. So tell us more about um, at Portfolia. So was it one fund? Was it multiple funds? And how many investments were made? So I, I'm, I'm going to be uh, the amazing cheerleader for Trish Costello and her vision of creating Portfolia. So Portfolia is the mother organization, the top yep. of the dots right there. And then we have a bunch of sister, sister organizations, which are our funds. So we now have several funds, the Rising America Fund that is focusing on um, underrepresented entrepreneur, entrepreneurial women in different industries. We have active aging, focusing on the aging population, and obviously the Femtech Fund. Um, so there are a family of funds. And then the long-term goal of Portfolia is that we will have hundreds of funds from which uh, new investors and, and experienced investors can come in and choose from. 
and in fact, mix and match. Um, and then we take care of the rest of it and we make it transparent. As active as you want to be as a limited partner. Now, limited partners are the people who put the money into the fund. And again, this is um, this is a highly democratic process. So you don't have to be a multi-gazillionaire mm -hmm. to participate. You do have to be SEC accredited. And you already mentioned what the definition of that is. But um, but being able to put in 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 into a venture fund, that's a unique uh, model by itself. We maxed out on almost all of our funds for 249 LPs in our, in our limited uh, partnership group. Um, and so there's a num there's a lot of interest in women's health. There's a lot mm. of interest in other areas too. So I think Trish has also been talking about something for agritech and something for perhaps animal health and other areas. So you will see multiple funds being formed through Portfolia, um, and the the process by which she is using social media and marketing and also gatherings. We used to have. Uh, in-person gathering. Yeah, <laughs> remember that? <laughs> but we just had an amazing virtual session where we had almost like, I think almost 100 people on a virtual session where people, can, and it was just beautiful mm -hmm. to see that you can still participate yeah. in areas and connect with people. And actually a lot of people kept asking for the breakout sessions. They said, yeah. well, it's great that we all get together and drink our wine or whatever, but can we have some more breakout sessions so we can get to know each other? Yeah. How big was the, so you said 249 LPs in the fund. How big was the portfolio Femtech fund? Uh, so that was the first of its kind. That was about, I think, three and a half million dollars mm -hmm. of money that we had. We put it into, uh, so far, uh, eight companies. Some, again, some with uh, a fixed amount of money, 100,000, 150,000, and others uh, a little bit larger. Um, and actually, uh, two of them, we actually got board seats on, so board observer, and even though that's not our, our actual thesis to take mm -hmm. board seats, but it turned out we can add value. And I'll give you two examples of companies that we've invested in, if it's okay. Yeah, I would love that. Um, and um, one of them is uh, Bone Health, right? Ooh. So a new device that uses uh, whole body vibration, but it's portable. It's a little device that you wear on your back. It's a wearable device. 30 minutes a day, it keeps women who have osteopenia, so lower density of, uh, of bone mass. Um, it keeps them healthy for a longer period of time. It's actually the technology that's used by astronauts in space to keep themselves also uh, healthy and bone-wise. Another one is a company that is called Prime Genomics, and they actually have a saliva-based approach to detecting breast cancer. So imagine if you have, and again, women who have dense breasts, have a more difficult time getting an accurate diagnosis, mm. right? Because, because there's just so many things that look like they might be cancer. And so they have to have repeat follow-up uh, x-rays, mammograms, and all these things. And that's not a healthy place to be either. And also mammograms are not the easiest way by which you can do screening. So Prime Genomics has developed essentially, let's say $50 to $100 saliva-based test that can be distributed worldwide and it uh, levels the playing field for screening and it's as accurate um, as mammograms. So Amazing. two companies that are, again, huge needs in, in the area of bone health and breast cancer and being able to screen greater populations. I love it. Where did you notice um, most of your deal flow came out of? Was it only the United States or did you see stuff from around the world? So we did see things from around the world and we made it very open with the caveat that like other 
you know, U.S. based venture groups. We would like to see a C Corp in Delaware. Yeah, in yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that was the caveat. But we saw a lot. There's so much going on around the world. And entrepreneurship, Brittany, I hate to say this, but it's true. The stats show that entrepreneurship in the United States is on a decline. Mm -hmm. uh, as much noise as we make, it's on a decline. So uh, around the world, entrepreneurship is just skyrocketing from Europe to Africa to all over, all over the world. And femtech is a, a big deal because there's a lot of basic needs for women around the world that are not being met. And so telemedicine is becoming mm -hmm. a big uh, play for women. Uh, reproductive health, uh, basic reproductive health, tampons, as you mentioned earlier, uh, being able to have a reliable source of tampons. Uh, so there's there's a lot going on and we need to pay attention to it. What were um, some of the key countries or continents that you saw things coming out of that you were like kind of surprised by? You were like, whoa, hey, Germany, like, or hey, <laughs> Mexico, like we're. <laughs> well, well, you know, getting things out of Europe and the Nordics, uh, because there's just so much innovation going on yeah. there was what was pretty common. Um, I think the one that kind of surprised me a little bit were some of the uh, expats from from Europe and from the U.S. who were landing in Africa oh. um, and really setting up uh, a combined, I'm not, I don't like the term social impact, but they were developing yeah. businesses that revolved around a, a higher purpose, yep. um, which was, again, women's health and wellness. And some of them did, again, revolve around the basics of healthcare needs, right? Yeah. So uh, you just, you mentioned Germany. So we have a mutual friend who who runs uh, a menstrual hub. It's called Menstrual Hub, right? Yep. So they focus on everything about menstruation. And so there's some basic things that are actually needed around the world. And Africa was one of the places that um, we saw some really unique things coming out. Amazing. Did you see, because you are in, you are involved with other angel networks as well. So you're not just seeing mm -hmm. femtech deal flow. You're seeing lots of different deal flow. Do you see the caliber of femtech deals as being as strong as other ones or stronger or weaker and like what do you you know and that's not a judgment that femtech deals aren't good but in general yeah, like are yeah, you seeing a trend yeah. there um I, i'm seeing more sophistication mm. because there are now more mentorship opportunities yes. there are groups like yours and many others that we have as mutual partners who are really helping entrepreneurs, women entrepreneurs, um, put their best foot forward. Yes. Right? Because there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. I'm an entrepreneur too, and I'm still learning a lot of stuff that I just don't, I didn't know. So helping people put their best foot forward. And as you said, sometimes when you meet investors, you don't need to start off with just a solution. You need to start off with just saying, I know how to build a business. Mm -hmm. Here's my business. Here's how I make money. Now let me tell you where I solved a huge problem in the marketplace. So I'm seeing more sophistication, more um, more collaboration from uh, experienced uh, and successful women entrepreneurs who are also, again, reaching behind and pulling the next one forward. Yes, that's a really nice trend because this is a hard this is a hard journey. It's a it's truly a hero's journey. Yes, it's hard. There's some mornings that I I wake up and I go. Oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I get to the day and then I achieve one more, yeah. one more important milestone. Yeah. Yeah. And the added pain for a femtech company is potentially being the first person to say vulva in that boardroom. You know, no one right. had ever gone right. in there before said vulva or nipple <laughs> or whatever, you know. And so there's like this added weight of like, uh, right. So, so Brittany, so this is the other important thing for our listeners to understand. 
there are different kinds of investors out there. Mm. Okay. So there are, there are different caliber of sophistication. And so you should choose carefully whether you're in, uh, you're in high tech or, or femtech or med tech or bio, doesn't matter. You should choose the groups and the people that you communicate with. You should screen them. Yes. You, no, you're not going to get the same reception from one group in a certain part of the country where they hardly ever see femtech. You're not going to get the same reception. Yes. But if you, again, BYN, BYNI, right? Build your network before you need it. And if you don't have one, start start building those nodes at least so that yes. when you the time is right, you get warm intros to the people That's who right. do resonate with you. It's truly building a tribe as you go and building a road as you go. You're driving a fast car and you got to build this road that doesn't exist <laughs> as you're driving the car. Yep, yep. Well, this is so timely because Femtech Focus just launched our investor, you know, relations and fundraising prep course because I have spent the past four or five years fundraising for my own company, helping other founders fundraise, being a venture capitalist. So being on the other side of the table, people trying to fundraise and just having that story and letting you get a second meeting is just so pivotal to your building that road while you're in the fast car. Right. And (laughs) there's so many good technologies out there that they just, the story is the, what a founder thinks about in terms of their own company is not what you say to an investor. You need to think about what is the investor looking for, right? Like they're not the founder, they're the investor. And there's a different narrative. There's a different dialogue. My go-to suggestion is like, we just need to spoon feed them, okay? We need a very simple story. I know you have this big vision for something amazing and like, we're gonna change the whole world, but like, we're gonna start with this, okay? Like, and if you have a third meeting, I then give you permission to bring that other future direction up. But (laughs) until the third meeting, leave it off the table, okay? (laughs) Brittany, you are awesome. And uh, you absolutely, everything you said is gold is gold. So yeah, uh, I mean, it's, it's from my own trial and error. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's where the greatest lessons come from though, Brittany. Yeah. So look at these fingers. I mean, I, there's scars. I'm truly, I can tell you stories about each one of these scars and they're actually, some of them are physical scars, but that's where the greatest lessons come from. And Mm -hmm. obviously none of us like to have uh, an opportunity go sideways. None of us do. Yeah. Right. And, 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 And the next time when we encounter the things that we know made us go sideways, we will take a different tack. And that's why the experience is important. That's why the advice is important. The coaching is important. Why why do we always say entrepreneurs should be self-aware? Because of these things. You need to know what's happening in front of you while you're building the road. Mm -hmm. It's so hard. Mm -hmm. But but it's amazing when, when you see that road finally finish. Definitely. And, you know, the investor relations part is that node part, right? Like I've done my time. (laughs) I've gone to the conferences. I've made the emails. I've sent out my calendar link. And now, you know, you mentioned the other uh, funds at Portfolio. I know Juliana from Rising America. I know Chantel from Longevity Fund, you know, so you mentioned them. I was like, oh, yeah, I know them, you know. So it's like that's what the that has a a lot of value, too, because investors really value warm introductions, right? They they will look at a deck that's cold emailed, but if it's sent from me and I say, hey, I know the founder, I think this is pretty dope. Like, tell me what you think. You know, I'm 
at a point now that uh, investors sometimes they'll, I send out decks and sometimes they just send me back an emoji with like a thumbs up or thumbs down. And I know it's not thumbs down, like they hate it, but it's just not a good fit. But at this point, they're just right. like, yeah, yeah, keep them coming. <laughs> I know. No, amazing. Brittany, you're, you're doing, you're doing amazing things for the femtech world. And, and that's fantastic. Yeah, and that's why no, it's my I'm proud to be. I'm proud to be on your. Oh, Foz, one day so. we'll meet in person. <laughs> <laughs> right? so, isn't that amazing? so that's another lesson too. Look at that. We we actually have not met in person, yeah. and here we are. We already know that, and people can't see us smiling, but we already know that we we resonate with one yes. another. We already know that we can build a relationship, a friendship, a trusting. A partnership so it's right. possible to do it even in this covid world so femtech focus is fo- is looking at how do we empower founders to tell a better story meet more investors you know to increase the number the amount of capital going into femtech from your perspective in you know truly professional investor side how do you think do we get more investors coming in so we can just make them uh, collide together on both sides so i'm pushing the founders how do we push the investors Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, so here's what I, I did unintentionally, but I'm, ha- I'm happy that it happened. I just mentioned April 2018, Survey's company was acquired by Boston Scientific. And I have to tell you, I already said it, um, not everyone in my angel group decided to invest. But again, I syndicated the deal as mm-hmm. much as I can and brought in others to help fill out her round. Um, the exit created FOMO, fear of missing out. Right. So while I could not six years ago, seven years ago, convince everyone that women's health was a good place to be, that even that Servi, even though she was a solopreneur and a first time entrepreneur, that she was going to be hugely successful. I didn't have a crystal ball, but I just felt the chemistry. I felt the energy from Servi. And if you paid attention back then, you would have seen it, too. So here's the reality, though. A lot of people are still not going to get women's health and wellness. Mm -hmm. They're not. Uh, They may not even be following the marketplace. From my side of it, if I can't convince you about the anatomy and physiology and that half of the world, probably more, uh, are women and these products and these services resonate with them and they will buy, then I will try to convince you on an economic level, which is FOMO. Yes. Uh, Again, uh, here's an economically viable company that is probably going to get acquired by another or is going to just throw off so much cash. So there's a lot that goes into the question that you asked. And I'm trying to simplify it by saying, look, there's also an economic story here, mm-hmm. right? Beyond the fact that this is an important area. Education is a key part of it. You and I are doing it right now through this podcast mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, communicating with people about what where the opportunities are. Getting more uh, experienced mentors and advisors. So I always say... That the shortcut, if you ever want to find a shortcut in entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I always do. Which, Tell me what it is. <laughs> which, which, which there aren't many, but a shortcut is mentorship. Mm-hmm. Find the right advisors to basically help you uh, help you figure stuff out. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes it's done because you only, you know, you need an informal relationship where you just talk to somebody once a year. That's one way of doing it. Another way is formal advisory roles mm-hmm. where you share some equity, right? I'm always wary of the advisors who need cash, uh, especially for an early stage company that doesn't have a lot of cash. At some point, that's possible. But early stage companies need more advice than anything else. Yeah. So I love your if go for the heart first. Tell them women are important. Women are dying. Here's the anatomy of women. We're more than half the population. 
if they don't catch on to, yeah, that seems like a really big and important market, you go mm-hmm. to step two, which is FOMO, fear of missing out. You say, hey, here are the economics of women's buying power, the money spent in this industry, the lack of innovation and people starving and desiring something to buy to help their hot flashes or their whatever, right? Do you think, though, that we have enough exits in femtech to really incite that fear of missing out yet? Not yet. No. Not yet. Okay. But, but there are many, there are many. Uh, may, I, may I say another name of a company? Please, of course. There are many. Maven Health. Uh-huh. Maven Health uh, just raised $45 million. Yeah. Um, amazing entrepreneur, amazing company. So there are many that are in the works. Right? No, there aren't enough of them yet. Yet. Yeah. However, the corporates, the corporate entities that are typically the acquirers, mm-hmm. um, they are they are they are already involved in the space. But there are more that are looking at it and going, "Hmm, wait a minute, <laughs> this is a wake up call." We and there's more entrepreneurial activity. So we need to keep the full ecosystem working. Yes. Right? From from venture capital or private equity all the way through to the angels, to the entrepreneurial communities, to the incubators, accelerators, to the entrepreneurs. So, but we need more, we need more and we need more sophistication in these opportunities. Honestly, there are enough UTI companies. Yep. No more organic tampons, y'all. We got the organic (laughs) tampon done. It's good. Next Uh, one. There, there are more opportunities in the space. And so let's do that. Let's take a little bit more yes. time and do some more complex things in women's health. And I think that's where you'll start to see uh, IPOs and uh, acquisitions. That's and we, right. need to, we need to shine a light on all of those successful yes. things that are happening out there. Yeah. And I love that you said, like, it's actually this, there's a lot of people in this whole journey. There's like the aspiring founder. We have a lot of those as listeners. They're, you know, university students wanting to get into it. Then there's the founder. Then there's the team of the founder. There's the angel. There's the VC. And then I do want to actually touch real quickly on the acquirer, right? So the Johnson and Johnson, the Bayer, the um, Amazon, the, you know, Microsoft, whoever's acquiring the startup for the exit because I had a, a phone call with an, another amazing angel investor at uh, Silicon Valley, and she said, how can we encourage them to start acquiring more? Because those are the exits we need to get the funding in the early stage, right? And so you do you think that there is some movement, though, in that, that private sector to acquire more femtech companies? or And if not, how do we encourage them to do that? Absolutely. No, Absolutely. The caveat is: remember what they're looking for. They're being. They're actually many of them are. They're being very explicit about what they're looking for. Mm. So there are reverse showcases now, Brittany. Reverse showcases where it's not the entrepreneur that's getting up on stage; it's the corporate, the corporate, the acquirer, the M and A uh, professionals yes. who are getting up on stage and saying, "Hey, world." This is what we're looking for. So take notice of the checklist. They're telling you what they're looking for, right? Some are going to say we're looking for IP, but we don't want just IP. We want a team around the IP. Some are saying we want, uh, because remember, acquisitions for hire means that they gather the talent within. Um, Some are saying, no, we really are looking at how do we add another bottom line you know, uh, a profitable, you know, market uh, category into our, so then make sure that you can meet those requirements. Mm -hmm. So yes, they are, they are out there. 
and they are part of our network and they're being very open and they actually have their own gatherings as well where they invite angel investors. They do invite entrepreneurs in and they say, hey, listen to us. We're telling you exactly what we're looking for. Meet the requirements. Start building a relationship. I'm seeing a reverse pitch webinar in our near future where we invite M&A people to come and reverse pitch and say, this is what we're looking for. Because I, right. I organized one of those in Houston where I brought the angels and the incubators and the VCs together to reverse pitch to the founders. And everyone yeah, loved right. it. They lo- The <laughs> founders loved it. But also, really? and I was, mm-hmm. I'm friends with most of these leaders. And so I could kind of like, you know, be funny with them as the MC yeah. because some of them yeah. had notes and I was like, oh, no, 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 no notes, no, 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 no notes, <laughs> you know? Or like I said, you got three minutes and one of them went over the three minutes and I stood up and I was like, ding, 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 three minutes is over. Very but the nice. founders were like, yes, that's my life. I'm so <laughs> glad they're experiencing this, you know? <laughs> we we I, won't do that with the MA people. They're very powerful and no. rich and important, <laughs> but nevertheless. <laughs> Same format, just more professional. I love it. I love it, Brittany. <laughs> cool. And then add one more requirement. Why must bring dog to the webinar? <gasps> I'm must in. Dog to. <laughs> I'm in. If there you, if there you... must be. There must be something virtual or something real. <laughs> yes. Boz, <laughs> we are. Uh, yeah. I can't wait till we meet each other. We're gonna have a great time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so our last two questions that our listeners like. Um, the first one is, uh, we have a lot of aspiring founders. They want to get into femtech. We've already covered that. Don't do UTI or organic tampons. But what are areas in women's health and wellness that still need innovating that they could potentially work on? Yeah, uh, I mentioned a couple earlier, and I'll, I'll harp on it because actually I was actively looking for these and uh, couldn't get us into one of them. But endometriosis, pelvic pain, uh, it's a big issue, right? Mm-hmm. So um, there are numerous uh, pain-related uh, diseases that affect women more often than men, right? Fibromyalgia, mm-hmm. what is fibromyalgia, right? Why is it predominantly women? Um, there are, there are again, numerous other disease processes that really need solutions. I already mentioned, you know, breast cancer being one of them, Mm -hmm. but we need innovations in these complex health issues that affect women. Um, I just mentioned just a couple right there that that I was specifically trying to trim the waters for. Um, perfect. Well, okay. Aspiring founders and investor right now just told you what he's looking for. (laughs) Build it. (laughs) Okay. So, Here's so your like, reverse you know, pitch. <laughs> you, you and I also have friends who are doing stuff with uh, with fibroids, right? Fibroids mm-hmm. are a, a big issue for women, right? So innovations. So we're we're talking about the entire femtech world, and I'm not limiting it to devices or software or biotech pharma. It could be everything, yes. right? All all of the above. So there are also druggable opportunities as well, which take more money, mm-hmm. right? So you don't. You don't have to limit yourself to just device or software or anything else. Yeah. So, so think big and then also find, find those mentors to help yes, you yes. together. Follow Femtech Focus. <laughs> we will help you. <laughs> yes, um, absolutely. And our last question is, uh, what is Femtech as an industry as a whole? Do we need the most right now to be successful? Uh, so it, I think you said it. Um, I'm going to say it very explicitly. Everything that you mentioned about the ecosystem is not about 
buildings. It's not about region. It's not about money. Everything you mentioned has to do with people. Mm. This is a people industry. It's mm -hmm. all about people. And people love stories, well done stories mm -hmm. about opportunities. So we definitely need to coalesce as a community. We need to get more people involved who have um, additional resources. So again, I mentioned you're a node, you're a super node. You have lots of contacts in different places and can be very helpful. Um, and I can too, mm -hmm. but there's so many across the country. So start bringing those pieces of the equation together so that we can speak to one another. It, it's all about this. And no one can see us doing these hand gestures. It's like we're both <laughs> Italian. We're just trying to talk to each other, right? Yeah. So, so find the right community of people, but start having the conversations around what makes a business, mm -hmm. what makes something defendable, what makes a good market opportunity, how do we get some of our friends who might be in corporate uh, roles to be able to give us some advice yes. and coalesce, coalesce. You don't have to be an island to yourself and just suffer on your own. You can have a community of people who want to help. Definitely. Well, something that inspires me is we, uh, there's this data analytics. I'm just such a nerd. I just freak out about data. I love it. And there's actually a heat map that shows where people are listening to our podcast. And we're almost in every continent. We have a lot of European listeners all over the U.S. Uh, and Canada, and we have Australia, a lot in Japan. Shout out Tokyo. You guys are listening yeah. hard. But we have Russia. We got India. We have like, it's really, really cool. Wow. Yeah. And Fantastic. So, yeah. And so, you know, it's just that's the node is now international, right? And it's like people yeah. around the world want to hear this message. So, oh, I you love go, it. Dr. Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's really my pleasure. I just sit here in my dining room and like talk to people and record it. And people apparently yeah. like to listen to it. Thank y'all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so fun. Foz, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. You mean a lot to me personally and Femtech Focus as a whole. Your insights are, are so valuable. We really appreciate you. Thank you for having me, Brittany. It's a pleasure. Thank you for listening to my super fun interview with Dr. Faz Bashi, a professional femtech angel investor and an advisor to femtech focus. Even Faz admits that sometimes he wakes up wondering why has he chosen this life of a founder? So if you're struggling or feel discouraged, don't worry, you are in good company. He also says it's the responsibility of the founder to network, ask advice, and get a strong business model. If you don't know how to make a strong business model, then ask. Get mentors. Your network is so important. If you don't have your own giant web of contacts, then get close to someone who does, like Femtech Focus. Build your network before you need it. If you are a Femtech founder that's gearing up to fundraise, let Femtech Focus advise you. Let us help you create your fundraising material and strategy. Get this type of mentorship before you need it. To learn more, follow us on social media, shoot us a DM, subscribe to our newsletter on our website, femtechfocus.org, and go ahead, shoot me an email. My email is Brittany at femtechfocus.com. Brittany is spelled B-R-I-T-T-A-N-Y. If you're French, it goes like this, Brittany, Brittany at femtechfocus.com. Shoot me a message. I want to hear from you. Support the Femtech Focus podcast by sharing it with your network and subscribe, rate, and review. As always, follow us on social media. Shoot us a DM at Femtech Focus. 
And until next time, keep innovating because improving women's health and wellness improves everyone's health and wellness.